Hearing Loss Live Talks Inclusion. Remember to share, like, and subscribe today. Good morning and welcome to Hearing Loss Live. I hope you're enjoying our workshop series. This month, it will be about inclusion. You know, when we approached this subject, um, we knew it fit in with all of our other goals. We've had this this, uh, last five, six months or so. Um, But we did not realize just how large inclusion can be until we started to break it apart. We all know the word inclusion when it comes to work. It's a seat at the table. It's being heard. Your disability is respected. Your accommodations are met so that you can have an equal voice. But you'll see in our blog, we went, family. Family is about inclusion. Let's talk about what family inclusion. And, you know, that can be kind of the basis of finding your voice for some of us. Um, and then being able to use it in our place of employment. We're going to look at a couple of different personal thoughts on inclusion in the workplace and public venues, maybe. Um, Most of what we talk about are going to be experiences we've had and um, some thoughts on how Businesses and venues can better help us help you help yourself. (laughs) It's the best way I can come up with it. Shelly, give me some of your thoughts on your best, maybe best and worst experiences with inclusion, what they look like for you. In 2008, I moved to Utah. And this was just after I stepped into the severe range of hearing loss. So it changed everything for me. Back then, I was a hairdresser. (laughs) And I'm saying that now today. (laughs) And I I really need a haircut, okay, if you're on the video. If not, now you know I need a haircut. But um, in Arizona, I, I was in a smaller town. And my co-workers in the salon were very inclusive and super helpful, supportive of my hearing loss. And and we even had some fun with it from time to time. I had a volume control phone because that's all there was back then plugged into my station. And sometimes I'd answer the phone and I just couldn't hear that person. So I would say, hold on a minute and cover up that phone (laughs) and look around to see who wasn't busy. And I'd say, so-and-so, can you take this phone call, please? Because I can't understand them. And they go, sure, yeah, we can do that. And so that's how it went a lot. One one lady, she didn't have a very, uh, a voice that projected well. So she could never get my attention. Finally, she would give up, you know, after so long, you know, hair hair salons are very noisy with hair dryers, blow dryers, music, chatter. So it could could be very hard to get my attention in there. So she would look at my coworker next to me who had a very deep voice and say, Diane, will you please get Shelly's attention? (laughs) 
And, and Diane would get my attention right away. I'd look up and I'd look around and find out who was trying to talk to me. And there was never a fear of going in. It was, I was happy to go to work. Um, there was no, it was a very inclusive environment for me, I guess. But then I moved from country life to city life when I moved to Salt Lake City. And I worked in two different salons here, and it was very, very different. Um, they were too busy. They, they didn't really want to take time out to help me as needed. And so for the very first time, I was very lost in communication and how to how to get things going on the phone and even my clientele. So it was different country life, city life. And I'm not saying city life is exclusive because it's not. It's just back then I didn't know how to explain things. And maybe that's a problem too. I, I wasn't sure how to describe it all. And they didn't understand it. So there wasn't that much support. Uh, when I worked at the Division of Services of the Deaf and Hard of Hearing here in Salt Lake, I, I found inclusion with accommodations, and I could state my needs finally. And so I think when I, I can state my needs clearly, saying exactly what I want, I get better outcomes. I didn't have that ability on the salon. I think that's an important theme for us, right? Doesn't matter where, who, and I'm, and I feel bad saying this sometimes because I'm not, I don't want people with hearing loss to have the weight of the world on their shoulders. I want to help with that weight. But I can't if I don't know you have a hearing loss. I don't understand what you need. So I think it is so important for you to be able to have that voice. Now, I'm not talking about that one-off knee-jerk idiot who goes, huh? Or what? And I'm sorry, the dog has something stuck in her throat. So she sounds like a cat and she's coughing. Sorry. Um, to look into that. Uh, the truth is most businesses and most um, human resources want you to have a great outcome. They don't always know how to do it right. And sometimes they are trying to find the cheapest way to do it for the company. That's sometimes our goal is the bottom line. But the other side of that is company doesn't hire you. They don't spend the money to bring you on board and then not have you be a part of the bottom line. If they're investing the time, the money, your benefit package, whatever that looks like. Um, they want you to be at the table and they want you to be accommodated the way you need to be accommodated. 
to be at that table. It costs us money when you're unhappy and you leave, right? Or quit. Um, again, I'm I'm not talking that one-off company that whatever. I, I'm not. Or that family member or that friend that you have to let go. I'm talking about most people are going to stand behind you. Your coworkers are going to be amazing people and support and stop something from happening. I've been on a, I've been on a zoom meeting that was about accessibility. And they said, well, we don't have the captions going right now. We're working on that, but we've got to keep going with this meeting. And many of the staff members said, no, you're not. Until the captions are available, this meeting is at a halt. And the instructor wanted to argue with them. And I'm pretty sure the human resource was texting them and saying, stop the meeting. (laughs) Stop your mouth (laughs) right now. (laughs) Don't get the caption problem fixed. Um, Because that person did apologize at the end of the meeting about trying to go on about accessibility (laughs) while not access allowing everybody inclusion. Um, Actually, inclusion and diversity were part of the accessibility speech that day. So we do have your back, I think, for the most part. Um, But don't settle. How how is inclusion and settling different? And, And I think of that as don't go in and say, I'm only getting this. This is all I'm ever going to want. Have an open conversation. What can you start with? What have you tried? Um, how can you report if it's working? What, can you give me some guidance with that, Shelly, on how, how, you know, don't go in and say, I'm going to sue you. Let's go in and say, I have a hearing loss and I know I need X, Y, Z, or maybe I don't know what I need. What, what's your suggestion for an employer in that situation? And the employee. So, yeah, you, know, you can't just say, okay, I'm bringing you to the table, but I'm only giving you this accommodation because I think, you know, this fits my needs better than yours, which is usually bottom line or something. So, yeah, we can be invited to the table. But if we don't have the proper accommodation, we're not included. We can't participate. (laughs) So I think now that I'm knowledgeable, I could go into a salon again and go, I need this. This is how I'm going to operate. And these are my strategies. And I would have a little meeting about that, perhaps, to talk to them about what makes me feel a part of the team, right? And the more I know, the more guidance I can give to team managers uh, and coworkers. So I think we have to take some of the responsibility ourselves for inclusion because people have no idea. There's too many misconceptions about hearing loss out there. So we have to correct that. And it, and it sounds like work, but most of the time people are very good about going, oh, 
Okay. It's, it's only every once in a while that I get pushback. So it's really not that much work. What is it? There's nothing to fear but fear itself. That, that's the most of it. That's a good thought. I think um, also, and I don't know how to fix this totally. We've actually ran into this a couple different times. I myself recently... Um, and I won't vent about it here. And we have a regular student who um, faced some pushback at a venue because they were giving, you know, they were following due diligence and whatever, even though it wasn't actually the type of inclusion that person needed for the venue. And it may work out. We don't know. Right. But how I wish public venues would bring um, bring us to the table. And when I say us, I'm talking captioners. I'm talking sign language interpreters. I'm talking foreign language interpreters. Whatever it is you're using for accessibility, to your platform, your program, your concert, your graduation, your play, your musical. Um, don't just check the box, right? It's easy to do. I provided a script. I've met that the due diligence of the law. I'm providing this. I, I hired a captioner. Um, bring them to the table and talk about what it is they need so they have complete access to give you the best outcome. Um, even if you're not sure who it is, if the venue isn't sure, sometimes just bringing us to the table and saying, well, what is it we're doing? And we can research. I mean, with internet access now, there's so much research we can do. And, you know, I get it that live captioners cost a little bit of money. But man, do we do a lot of work to make sure that the access is just the exact same as a person sitting in the audience with hearing who may hear every word um, and try to put it up in a place that makes sense and is visible and allows them to, you know, have anonymity. You know, I, if you don't have to go out and ask the request and it's just always there. Isn't that just like taking some of the burden off of you guys and spreading, I don't know, spreading the love? I don't, I don't even know how, how that looks. Um, I don't even know if that matters to people, but I would, I would like venues to stop checking a box and spend more time bringing us to the table as, um, whatever our interpretation assignment is um, so that we can offer our, I consider you guys my community. So I don't, it's hard for me to, to not like get angry because I know I'm not going to give my community what they need. Maybe that's where I'm different. I don't know. I don't know. Any thoughts for you, Shelly, on venues? 
yeah, you know, it's not as easy saying just, oh, I need CART, and will you do it? I, I usually even go into what CART is. I give them website links so they understand it better. And now that I'm more knowledgeable, having been Julia's friend for years and her doing uh, captioning for me for years at work and anywhere else, is that there is prep work. And the more stuff she receives in advance, the better her work is for me. And the more inclusive that is, because now I get it, I understand names, which are names are outrageous, even my name, right? <laughs> my name's out there today. Somebody said Shell, and it's not anything I can hear very well. So I was like, did they, did they just call me Shell? <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> so um, names and, and stuff that like... Julia is constantly entering things into her dictionary so that it, so that it comes up, pops up when she types her special keys. I don't know the whole thing. <laughs> but, you know, if she doesn't have that in advance, it's, it's a slow process and it slows down the captions. And then I'm a little bit behind again. And, and so is she. <laughs> You know, so it, the inclusive atmosphere, it takes prep in advance, and that's us talking. We can say, can you please give the caption person uh, all notes, slides, whatever, so that they can do a better job? We can say that. Uh, yeah, the more, the more we talk about each bit of inclusion, the more awareness we spread. Yeah. And you know what? The more you want to be included shows you want to be there, right? You want to be the patron. You want to be the employee. You want to be that family member who's involved. And I think, um, you know, this is one of those situations, inclusion Letting people know you want to be included will cut down on your grief. It will cut down on your isolation. It will empower you to, to be more comfortable with yourself in certain situations. Um, it's never going to be perfect. I can't stop that. I wish I could. If I could make all the mean people go to a, their own island and disappear, I would, but I can't. Um, but do know there's more good people out there than poor. Any final thoughts before I close this out? Yeah, don't give up. Uh, keep pushing to be included. More people are good than bad. And all my years of self-advocacy and making sure I'm included in advance, I probably had two people who didn't understand and gave me pushback. The rest of the people have been willing to learn. And, and when I teach this person, it, it moves on to the next hard of hearing person. Too. So it just keeps going from there. It's a ripple in the, plant, in the pond. Yeah. That's a good analogy. 
Shelly was full of analogies for us today. <laughs> we hope you're liking our, our Let's Talk workshops. Uh, I'm not going to announce today what we're doing in June. I'll leave that to our end podcast. Uh, I'm hoping you joined us uh, May 2nd for our Let's Talk when we did talk inclusion because our workshops are very important. Um, they're where you can get your voice heard in a safe space and talk about, hey, this might be a problem. How do I solve it? Um, that's what the community and tribe is about. We're done with classes for the summer. Um, well, we have lip shapes. It might be full by the time this comes out, but I will say if you want to check out hearinglosslive.com slash events, see if there's still some room in our lip shapes. $50, bring a friend. Uh, work on some lip shapes. We do find people do better after they've taken our lip reading concepts class, but it's not mandatory. Do watch us this summer um, in our travels and live reels and little short blogs and things we'll be putting out. I hope you're going to join us at some of the conventions going on this summer. We'll definitely be at Say What Club in uh, Vancouver, Canada. We're super excited. Shelly will be giving a talk and um, I will be captioning and we'll have some adventures on the way there. And I'm sure on the way back and I'm sure we'll still be in business when we get home. We survived last summer. So <laughs> we've got this down to a science. Um, we hope that you will join us again with our classes that we'll be rolling out this fall. Um, we are already super busy and super excited. Shelly will be doing live classes with our local University of Utah's OSHER program. Super excited to be in person. We hope to have some more trainings for businesses ready and some businesses um, signing up for those credits. Anyways, we enjoy you. We hope you're enjoying us. Talk to you later. Bye.